No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Dumb and dumber, I'd call him. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good man. How about you? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's good. Welcome to the 40 yard switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Wilbur. Wilby. I'm the man uh, with two names. <laughs> and uh, my host is here, Woodson. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I've lost the pot a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is later than we usually record by about two hours, so. It's also the second time of asking. Yeah, so truth be told, um, we just recorded an entire episode and I realised that uh, my mic wasn't on. Um, so yeah, here we are. Here we go again. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it again. Yeah, honestly, I can't get enough. Anyway, so, no, no piss fighting around. Belgium, Italy, quarter final. Um, yeah, it, I, I, it just definitely didn't live up to, to what it... Yeah, the hype. To, to what it promised. Like again, the Belgium game against Portugal wasn't quite as exciting as we thought it was going to be. Um, and I think it it's, it sort of has come down to to Belgium in the end in, in both cases. Like Portugal were a bit disappointing, but yeah, they're supposed to be there's like a, a powerhouse full of attacking talent, and it's just like I don't see it. Like you got you got outlet balls to Lukaku who receives it just inside the uh, halfway line, then he tries to just run at three players by himself. Yeah, just like and rinse and repeat. Yeah, exactly. And you've got De Bruyne who's not 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 a hundred percent. Like, uh, and then you've got Torgan has Hazard who's wasted at wing back. Uh, admittedly, they didn't have Eden Hazard, um, and Jeremy Doku was a very was one bright spark oh, for Belgium. True. Yeah, Doku. He was yeah. a bright spark. He was a very serviceable, more than serviceable replacement for Hazard. Uh, but yeah, just he's ex- he's exciting. Yeah. He's one of like the nineteen too. Apparently, yeah, it's crazy. There's been some crazy young players in this tournament. Yeah. But uh, lacklustre, to say the least, from Belgium's end. But Italy, pretty good, pretty damn good. Like also not as good as I thought they could have been, but pretty good. Yeah, some 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 very nice goals. Um, like Insigne's one is obviously world class finish. He's given a lot of time to sort of think it out and 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 unchallenged from halfway. Essentially. Yeah, get the job done. I mean, he goes past Tielemans kind of nicely, but it's a bit soft from Tielemans, and then. Those three um, big centre-backs didn't do much about yeah, when he stepped inside. Backed off, backed off, backed off from about 30 yards out. And you're just like, hey, go on. You've, you've already won a man of the match so far this tournament. Hey, go on, have a shot from just outside the box. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you give him that much time, I think if you give most players at this European Championships that much time, they, can, they, they, they can wind something up like that from, from that range. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the one interesting thing that that we have touched on is that, um, like, obviously Kevin De Bruyne is arguably the best midfielder in the world. Um, but if he's not a hundred percent fit, is it is it best to have him in the team? Yeah, especially when you've got players like a Trossard who we really like from Brighton, uh, Mertens, Yannick Carrasco any number of guys on that team who are really good. Um, it's just like, I mean, you kind of, I, I get why you put him in because it's like De Bruyne. If he, if he says he's fit to play, you put him in the team. Like, yeah, it's But true. like, like he just like, time and time again, he he would misplace a pass or hit a ball and then hit it too far and not be able to get it again or 
he was the, the his his dribble would break down or an attack would break down with him, and it's just like uncharacteristic signs of not fatigue, but just signs of being off from De Bruyne. Yeah, I th- I think it's a wider issue with with inter- with international squads like. Like you rarely see a team that's carried by by one player. Like no. it's it's the the good international teams are, are exactly that. They're teams like Denmark. This this competition, even England. This competition. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it hasn't been the Harry Kane show. Like no. it was in the World Cup. Not like at all. it's in fact it took him like four three games to get going. Like. Yeah. It's been guys who look like they uh, deliver washing machines on the weekend, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, yeah, everyone can say Raheem Sterling scored our first three goals of the tournament, but like the rest of the, like the the, the clean sheet record was what the team was built on. And that's a six man effort. I mean, it's a whole team effort, but like the, the the two defensive midfielders in the back four and the keeper. Yeah, so a seven-man effort. Even but. players like Tyro Mings at the start, like you know, he came. He was he was really good in in that first game against Croatia. Yeah, and it's an important part of the. Campaign. And even Italy, like like it's what they've like people have been heralding them as like uh, unlike the teams, the World Cup winning teams of two thousand and six that had, were a good team and also had stars. They're just a bunch of really solid seven to eight out of ten players every game, and that's yeah. and that's and that's a winning formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. Yeah, I, th- I think you've also spoken about Belgium's um, potential left back issue as well. Like, you know, maybe playing those three centre backs and not playing wing backs is the better option, as, as you've talked about. But, yeah, but yeah, and even from the start, like they have Thomas Munier, who maybe isn't great, and they were forced to play him because Timothy Castagna went out. But Timothy Castagna can play at left back. He's played at left back for Leicester, and I know he's right footed and he's a right back. But if you if it. Like, to waste Torgan Hazard at left wing back like that is just criminal in my opinion. Like, the guy's incredible. I, I, I get that, like, you wanted Eden Hazard, De Bruyne, and Lukaku up top. But honestly, like, Torgan Hazard should have been starting over Eden Hazard from the, from the start, and it should have been Castagna on one side, Munoz on the other, or Castagna and Carrasco on the other. Like, and, like, and I know, and, like, I know Castagna goes out, and then, like, but then, like, you've got. A Yannick Carrasco in the team who has played in the, like a wide not necessarily wing back all the time but he's played in that position way more than Torgan Hazard has because Dortmund don't play three at the back like they don't at all Yeah, he's a left winger or a left attacking midfielder Yeah. so I just thought it's just like a, I get maybe like Bobby Martinez is like hamstrung with those like selection decisions but it's just it was it irked me that like that was happening it's exactly it though. It's it's the burden of having these world class players is that you kind of have to fit him in the team because, mm. I, like, if you don't play um, Eden Hazard, yeah, if you don't play Eden Hazard or you don't play De Bruyne or even if you don't play Torgan Hazard after the season he had somewhere, um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's not good. Belgium are disappointing and probably their last chance to do anything will be next year's World Cup. And do we really think that? They'll even be favourites after they're like they're showing like maybe but like until they sort out until they get a good left sided player I don't know if they are. Yeah, what what I would say is that yeah it was it was a different team um, when De Bruyne was fully fit. Yeah, and maybe if Eden Hazard gets fit in the next twelve months, like yeah, that can change. Things. So yeah, they, they they'll be back one more time. But if it doesn't happen for the next World Cup, it's too it's too. Yeah, two years to the next Euros after that, and then another four to the next World Cup. And I don't think by then Alderweireld and Matonga are mid thirties. De Bruyne is thirty three. Like, 
It's it's looking a little grim. Doku though. Jamie Doku. Doku. Yeah. Doku Telemans, uh Torgan Hazard, Trossard. It's definitely still. Maybe they can up. build a bit more of a, you know, solid all round team. But I don't think it like you, you talk about Eden Hazard, that Kevin De Bruyne, like Axel Witzel, like these are players who have been at the top of their game for years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Italy looking pretty good for their like they've they've like they've struggled in parts against Austria and like at times against Belgium, but like they've looked good for every win that they've that they've got, uh, and they looked really good in the group stage and like gone from strength to strength really. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, they, they they were the better team. Um, I th- I think one interesting thing for Italy is how they're gonna, I suppose, cope w- w- without Spinazzola. Um, yeah, that's a big that's a big injury. Yeah, and rupturing your Achilles too. So sad for him. But yeah, yeah almost too sad for him when we were watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was very uh, yeah, I, I, I was quite emotional uh, when we were watching the game and he went off because I really like Spinatola. Um, he's one of my favorite players. I thought he was my pick to win player of the tournament if Italy advanced in the final. But yeah, I do think Emerson, while also, like, while not being terrible, is a downgrade, like a substantial downgrade from Spinatola. Uh, but yeah, and it'll be interesting to see up against Ferran Torres on that right side for Spain, how he how he copes. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see how he copes, how the whole Italy team copes, uh, not having the large lion's share of the ball, because they've had the lion's share of the ball against every team, even Belgium they've played so far, and they won't have it against Spain. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a very different challenge for for Italy, but also quite a different challenge for Spain as well like mm. they haven't come up against anyone nearly as good as Italy this far true speaking of Spain oh yeah <laughs> they play Italy in the in the semi-final <laughs> and you know and they beat Switzerland in the quarterfinal three one on penalties uh, can, very unconvincing uh, from them uh, the fact that they couldn't break down Switzerland despite having a man advantage for the last 25 minutes of the second half and all of the extra time Despite uh, also the fact that their goal they conceded was really soft, a defensive error that led to it. Um, I'm not convinced uh, by them at all, but here they are, uh, semi-final berth. Albeit from just a horror show of a penalty shootout from Switzerland. Losing, scoring one out of five spot kicks is pretty bad. I, th- I think the thing with Spain is they, they've, they've been convincing in, in parts, and I suppose that's not being convincing. But like when they've been on... They've been, they've looked like free scoring and extremely dangerous, um, but yeah, it does seem that maybe there's a little bit of, maybe inexperience or some of their, you know, um, more senior players like Busquets can't really go the, um, the full distance, seem maybe a little bit unfit, and that has made them weak in um, at certain times in their matches, and it's yeah, yeah. it's been costly for sure, definitely. I also think that um, with regards to uh, the, the things we've talked about before and their sort of mental fragility uh, defensively in key moments in games, uh, in that period of just after halftime of the um, uh, second, oh, not just after halftime, but that, that period in sort of nuts and bolts of the second half where they essentially made a bad mistake and then the last six, seven minutes against Croatia where they cop two goals. It's just like these moments will lose you games 
the later on you go, the later you go on, you go in the tournament. And if they have these lapses against Italy, they 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 won't win the games. Essentially, they, it won't happen. Italy is substantially better than Switzerland. Like you saw that in the group stage, chance three 0 Although Switzerland, the Switzerland team that played against France and Spain is substantially better than they were against Italy. Yeah, again, like those mistakes, especially in tournament knockout football, will lose you games. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think Switzerland and Croatia are, are good teams. Um, who who have punished them when those lapses of concentration have happened, and if if it happens against Italy, it will be very hard to come back from. I think. Mm. But uh, one thing I, I do want to say is Switzerland, like, like, like I think you've touched on before when we're off air, when we're talking about it in the kitchen or something. But like, along with Denmark, they have been the surprise packages of the tournament. Like they've been really good. Like, um, and like credit to them for making it this far beating the the current world champs and former euro finalists um and i just think i just think it was a bridge too far like they they've they they've, they've been really solid especially shout out to their back four of their keeper and three center backs uh elvedi akanji rodriguez and Sommer in goal incredible arguably the best sort of back system yeah jan Sommer's game against spain was was yeah. insane in particular but yeah i think it was just they got they lost their legs. They didn't have Shaka, who is really key in the midfield. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a bridge too far for them in the end. But like, hats off for an incredible performance and incredible tournament run. Which I don't think, to be fair, I don't think they're going to do as well at the World Cup. <laughs> Switzerland, it's yeah. one of those like sort of in a lightning in a bottle sort of moments where like I don't think it's going to like come together for them as well next tournament. But it might. But. I'd, yeah, I think a bunch of players just sort of re, like Shaka's in his peak, and like, like, yeah. But who It'd be knows? Interesting if Shik- uh, I suppose Shakiri will still be there. Yeah, if he's still there, they've still got a chance. Yeah, Shakiri just turns it on for tournaments <laughs> yeah. somehow. Uh, but yeah, so Spain versus Italy in the semi-final one, which we'll give our predictions for soon. But moving on to the third quarter final, which is the Czech Republic. Losing two one to Denmark. I got ah, that's a prediction I got right. If you from the last episode, just want to let everyone know. Uh, that's, that's impressive. Uh, yeah, I picked wow. them two one to win, and they won. Uh, yeah, Denmark really convincing, convincing, convincing in the first half. Uh, went two nil up, but then yeah, Czech Republic came out really strongly in the second half and caused Denmark some problems and some problems that I think England will create even more of. Yeah, they looked quite quite good in that first half, um, and in particular that that Marlow outside of the foot cross for the for the Dolberg goal was was sick. But yeah, like you say, there's for as good as a like solid unit of a team that they are, um, there were there were definitely moments in the second half where Czech Republic pushed them, and you know could have pushed this game a, a lot further than it went. Um, and yeah, we won't get into England yet, but it did. Uh. <laughs> but like, yeah, like uh, Patrick Schick scored four or five minutes after the the start of the second half, and like pretty much from the minute go in the second half, they were the Czech Republic were just swarming them, like pressing them high up the pitch, winning the ball back, created a multitude of chances, like three or four chances in that fifteen minute period, and Denmark were rocked, and like that was against like and Czech Republic have done really well, like I'm not like, like full credit, but like a front three, a front. F- Four of Masapust, Barak, Sevchik, and Shik is not 
Sterling, Mount, Kane, and Grealish or Grealish or Foden or Sancho. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's, like it's chalk and cheese. Like it's 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 night night and day. I think I think it's a similar a similar thing to Switzerland, right? They they've had an amazing run. Patrick Schick, like in, in an absolutely incredible um, personal achievement team to score five goals and be equal with Ronaldo. But yeah, I just think at the end of the day, Denmark were, were the slightly better team, and and yeah, Cra- crazy run though. And, yeah. and to beat the Netherlands in that in that round of sixteen game, it's like a yeah, be very famous game. And also, them. like yeah, just to prove probably a lot of people wrong because I feel like a lot of people. Especially in the British media, who were high on England and high on Scotland and high on Croatia because Croatia knocked out England in the World Cup, had the Czech Republic finishing last in that group, and admittedly they finished third, but still like <laughs> they they've gone on to prove a lot of people wrong that like they're more than just Sochek and Sufal, which is what everyone and basically anyone thought they were. Yeah, I think again they're a good team. Like we we don't know many of their players, but a lot of these guys play together at Slavia Prague. Um, basically apart from Suchek and and Suchek um, came and, to and West Ham from Slavia Prague yeah so. exactly so th- they know each other they, they play well together and, and they did really play really well together this tournament and proved a lot of people wrong also Patrick where, where does Patrick Schick play do you know no I mean, let's, let's, do, let's do a quick live Google uh, Patrick because surely he's going to be he's going to be linked somewhere if he's not at a big club already because surely he's going to get a big sponsorship deal with Schick Razors <laughs> Uh, Czech footballer. He plays for... Bayer Leverkusen. There you go. Leverkusen. There you so go. That's, that's, a, that's a top team that he, that he plays for. I feel like, you know, this... this Obviously, we're not going to talk about transfers this this podcast, but yeah, there's a lot of teams looking for like a marksman. And, yeah. yeah. Everton. Pretty good option. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> nah, I feel like Dom, Dom's still got on the way up. But yeah, it's a, oh, he's only slightly older than me. There you go. <laughs> um, just seen he's a nineteen ninety six kid. Yeah, it's weird, it's weird when you see the same birth year yeah. as you. Hey? Anyway, um, we'll move on. Uh, Denmark looking good for their uh, semi final berth. The incredible story rolls on, but they will be coming up against a formidable opponent <laughs> in the Three Lions, England who absolutely did away with their quarterfinal opponents, Ukraine. We both predicted it would happen. We said we wouldn't concede a goal. We said we'd dominate, and we did. Uh, 2-0 was wrong. 3-0 was wrong because we won 4-0. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the early goal was class. It was um, Sterling just looking sharper and sharper. That pass through to Kane was... I don't think he even saw it, to be honest. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the finish, and then... The second goal uh, from a from a from a finally scored a goal from set pieces. Ah, uh, yeah. Big right, H yeah. getting on the ball, uh, and then once once Kane once Shaw teed up Kane for the third, it was over. We were bring, as was that like fifty four minutes or something. We were bringing on big pardon. We were bringing on um, Henderson and uh, Bellingham to make sure that Rice and Phillips uh, didn't get yellow cards. We were uh, giving. Uh, Rashford minutes we were giving Dom Cavalier minutes uh, it was really good that Sancho was able to start and get minutes so he, he's ready and fresh and uh, game fit to for if he's called upon in the semis and the potentially the final so yeah I just think it, the game was incredibly well managed and we like I think this is also like any t- uh, this result against 
a team that has looked pretty good up until now, Ukraine. Like, pushed the Netherlands all the way. Like, uh, beat Austria, who pushed Italy all the way. Uh, and then beats beat Sweden in a game where Sweden could have won, but like they did, they did win it. It's a good Sweden team. Yeah. It's and no, it's who, no slouch. Oh, for the life of me, I can't remember who who won. Who did they beat in there? Oh, no, it's only been the round of 16 so far. So, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah. Feels like it's been going for longer. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, surely there's, there's, there's been like two rounds of knockouts before the quarters, but no. Uh, but yeah, I just like, it, I feel like this this win from England in the manner of the way we won it is like a, it would put a bit of fear into other teams. Like we absolutely smashed them. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it just seemed so easy. And like you say, he like, it got to a point where he could just start making changes just to just just to save players' legs and get and literally start getting ready for the next game. Yeah, and like, he said it in the interview in the post match interview. He was like, "I was thinking more about next game from before the game even finished." Yeah, and and that's, that's great. Such a, that's such an alpha move too. Yeah. I don't even care about this game. Next game, come on. <laughs> I think a lot of the players. I I think we touched on the last podcast, but a lot of the players as well. It, it's it's just a. You know they're not getting too far ahead of themselves. Um, they're they're winning games and thinking about the next one, thinking about what they need to do, and also look like they're really really enjoying themselves in in the camp too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, like 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 we talk about the the bond in teams like Denmark and teams like Italy uh, that like like the togetherness and like and suddenly you haven't really associated with England teams in the past because of the rivalry in the Premier League or various things uh but like they're really for the first time in a long time seems to be like like everyone in the team is just really good friends yeah, yeah. it's 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 awesome i i, really, I, I want to be there i want to be friends with them all <laughs> yeah me too honestly it seems so good also, i think declan rice seems like a great character doesn't he yeah i feel like they all do that yeah, like yeah. I, I you could list me the full 23 man squad i mean maybe sam johnson i don't know much about but like uh, the keepers always a yeah. bit weird. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, like Luke Shaw gushing about Saka the other day. Grealish like also seems to be best friends with him. Uh, Raheem Sterling like more reserved, but still you know cheeky little smiles here and there. Yeah, exactly. He seems like one of the more like mature older players, but he's still like he's twenty six, twenty seven. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. And then yeah, Jordan Henderson like an older guy, but he's vibing with all the younger guys as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. It's awesome. But yeah. So ultimately, like yeah, like in essence, if you weren't an England fan, it was probably quite a boring game because we would never look like losing, and we were fought three nil up in fifty minutes, four nil up shortly after. But I loved it; it was great. And look, all bring on the semi-finals. Yeah, slabhead by name and by nature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you see that was you know the meme of him with the arm up talking to the girl? Yeah, yeah. that was the caption. Ah, anyway, <laughs> love that. All right, classic. So, semi-finals. Italy versus Spain. I think I think this like despite how I was like really disappointed with uh how Spain performed against um Switzerland. I still I still think this will be a close game. I still I still do. Yeah, I think I I suppose you've 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 touched a little bit off like off there about how tightly matched they are in literally mm. literally every position. Position like, for position, they're very similar. Yeah, and they play exactly the same formation. Yeah, and a very similar playstyle. Yeah, it's 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 crazy like how similar they are. Um, but yeah, and another thing you've touched, touched on up there. Um, the, yeah, the the difference is the difference is at centre back and potentially a keeper. 
Though I'm I'm not sure that Donnarumma is that much better than than Unai. I feel like it's you're splitting hairs a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, like, yeah, Chiellini and Bonucci are like seasoned veterans who have, have won Champions Leagues, or I think have they? No, Juventus haven't won a Champions League, but like have won multiple leagues. They've been in Champions League finals, but yeah, have have, have won multiple leagues. Uh, have just know know what it means to win, uh, and I ha- have been to upper echelon defenders for the best part of fifteen years. So, and whereas you've got Laporte, who is one of the be- better younger centre backs, he's twenty four, twenty five, coming up. He's 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 a talent, but again, wasn't first choice for City this season. And then you've got Pau Torres again, for, really good for Villarreal, but Villarreal fi- and won the Europa League, but Villarreal also finished like eighth or ninth in the league. He's and, also he's also quite young. Yeah, he's twenty one, twenty two, yeah. and then Eric Garcia, who's twenty, uh, like has had not performance problems like he had the horrific head injury but again hasn't played a lot of first team football for Manchester City so again like there's just like like we've touched on before there is a mental and just yeah just like a fragility there like whether it be mental or physical but like it's just a, a like in terms of like a veteran winning sense and like handling adversity it's it's not as tough as Italy yeah, the, like yeah, they've gone missing in, in a few parts of games, like like we mentioned before, and yeah, they've been punished for it. And if you do that against Italy, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. I think I would say, I think when you think about Chiellini and Bonucci as as good as a centre back pairing that that they are, they're very like that like classic centre half. And I think if something can can pick them apart, is that like intricate interplay of Spain? So, yeah, because Spain don't Spain don't cross lofted balls into no. the box for ninety minutes. Like they'll do it once or twice. Like that's how um, Aspilicueta scored against Croatia, but like it, it's not their total game. They plan. pick teams apart, and yeah, if if anyone style of play is going to do it against against the, those two, it could probably probably could be Spain. Um, that being said, they struggled to pick apart Switzerland, although that was against a five at the back, so it'll be, it's a different thing. But like, yeah. it'll be if they can show up for it. Yeah. Another thing is, yeah the fact that they've gone 120 minutes and penalties in, in their last two games. Yeah, so. so I do think if we, if we have to whittle it down to a prediction, I think that's going to end up being the deciding factor. It, the two deciding factors, the first and most important one being tired legs for Spain and the second one being Spain's uh, Italy's more mature centre-backs. Yeah, that, that more experienced spine to the team will yeah. make a difference. I'm going... Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be close. I think Italy just get it. Uh, yeah, one nil. In the ninety. In the ninety. Oh yeah, obviously in the ninety. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going. No, yeah, true. Jesus, uh, would be shit if it was a nil and then one nil every time. <laughs> but I'm going uh, extra time. Uh, no penalties because I think one. It's going to be one all in what it, it will be a cagey game. Uh, and then once it gets to extra time, Spain's legs are going to go and he may have to bring on players that aren't as good as the Busquets in like a Rodri and, you know, uh, just players that aren't quite what he wants. And I do think Italy runs away with it in the extra time and, and wins 3-1. I like it. I like yeah. it. yeah, I think 1-0 now that I think about it, it's pretty low scoring for these two teams but it will be KG. No, I think it, like, again, again, like we say every time on every episode, who the fuck knows yeah. in tournament <laughs> football? But yeah. 
I mean, I did know with the demo game, but anyway. <laughs> you know. That was luck. That's who knows. <laughs> uh, so the second one, the game everyone is waiting on with bated breath. Is it coming home? Well, we won't really know after this game, but we'll be more confident about it. Uh, England versus Denmark. Yeah. Um, Interesting thing I was uh, wondering about was uh, how we adjusted to play Germany when they had three at the back and high wing backs. Denmark do the same, although a very similar system to Germany. So it's whether it's a question of whether or not Gareth reverts to a back three to tackle that or sticks with his back four. But I do think, even though Denmark are obviously in the latter stages in Germany, I do think talent wise we're not we won't be as scared of them and we'll stick with a back four. Yeah, I think yeah, ha- having or being able to revert to that five um and having that extra cover was more for for containing that that crazy talent in the German squad. Um and it did it well, but I don't think it's really necessarily against um Denmark's Denmark's forwards. I think there is a decent gulf in talent between England's back four and Denmark's um, forward players like Dolberg has been great for sure um, Poulsen was good earlier on with three goals Poulsen goals. yeah but I just I just think that England's defence is, is will be too strong for them and um, they won't need to go to a back five yeah I also think that um, I think that this is this might be a game where the first time England do concede just because I just I just have, I have a feeling that like like the juggernaut that is the momentum behind Denmark from the Ericsson stuff to just like they're playing their first three group stage games in Copenhagen and like riding that wave. I do think they're going to be that up for it that they might never go. But I th- I think this is where we'll really see like, and I'm confident that we'll see a good outcome from it. Uh, this is where we'll see the steel of this England team tested. And I think we'll see a positive outcome is they'll bounce back from it and respond well to adversity that I mean that would definitely be like if if we do bounce back from it a very good thing to happen before a final yeah because um, I, I also you'd, you'd prefer to face adversity against Denmark than you would against these European giants and the other two yeah exactly uh, on that I think that yeah if if we don't concede a goal against Denmark and then we concede a goal against Italy or Spain a tougher opponent it could rock us a little bit especially in a final which is like such a pressure environment so I almost think it could be a good thing if Denmark can see it, if Denmark score and we bounce back from it. So we just, just so we know that if once our what look has been impenetrable armor so far is is um, pierced, we can. Yeah, it's 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 good it's good to lose sometimes. You um yeah you you can you can gain a bit from it. Well, yeah. not lose actually. Don't, don't but, say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing one funny thing I did see was um someone was like England's last three games of the Euros one nil two nil four nil that's it we're beating Denmark eight nil. Math. Um yeah it's but, it's it's going to be interesting to see who who plays up up front for England. What's 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 your take on on that? Uh, yeah, it will be really interesting. I think not up front, obviously. Harry yeah, Kane, yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. Sterling Kane first hands on the teacher. I do think he'll go with Mount again. Southgate must just like something about him. It's going to be interesting to see either because he won't be. He's not going to pick Foden because Foden's been out of the team for too long. If he does, I'll be really confused because he's that shown, will be bizarre. He's he's shown to be a much smarter manager than that so far. Um, I do think it's between Sancho and Grealish. It's between. Sancho playing on the right and Grealish playing on the left and moving Sterling to the right. I think that's what's that's what's going to happen. One of those two. Uh, oh, unless Saka's fit, 
but I don't again I don't know. It's, I feel like if Saka, whatever Saka had to make him miss the last game, if he's not a hundred percent fit, they won't risk him. So I think it's out of those two because him playing Sterling uh, Sancho in in the last game indicates to me that he's either he's either getting ready to come off the bench or he's getting ready for him to start. So. Yeah, it's going to be Grealish or San- Sancho, and if, but if it's if it's Grealish, Sterling will move to the right. Yeah, yeah, I I can't see it being anyone else apart from those two. Like Sako's been good, but I just think, yeah, I think I just I just think that they're a bit they're they're a bit better at the moment. I also think that Saka was remember. picked against Germany because because of his defensive work rate going backwards and not to say that Sancho and Grealish don't have defensive but it's not as much of as Saka who played a large part of his early senior career at left back so it has that uh, just sort of mind and mind for the, that part of the game a bit more than the other two Yeah, but yeah I, I, I think it's between Grealish and Sancho and I, I do think something in that little sort of sideline conversation that Southgate had with Grealish after the full time when Grealish hadn't been brought on against Ukraine Sort of, it's sort of seemed that type of conversation. Where it's like your your turn's coming, mate. Like stay prepared. Like your turn is coming. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. It's been, like just it's like w- what a beautiful headache to have. Like, which absolutely. It's, it's, but also, yeah, I I don't think like you should underestimate how hard it's been for. Oh yeah, South for sure. Well. But like, like, like to have that many good players to pick from, and we're not even talking about like Rashford or like we briefly talk about Foden, but like Foden and Rashford could easily start not for lots of other in lots of other tournaments yeah. if they were both fully fit and like you never know Rashford and uh, Foden could have incredible Premier League seasons next season and then be starting in the World Cup who honestly who knows like mm. but yeah yeah so finally uh, predictions I, I'm gonna go with uh, England to like I said before concede but win uh, 2-1 in the 90 I don't think this is going extra time I reckon I I I actually can't see Denmark Denmark scoring. I think England's defense will be too good again. I don't know what that means for the final, but um, I reckon England to win 2-0. Two, two nil. Two nil. Yeah, and like, hey, call us overconfident, but like... It's coming. But it's coming. <laughs> it's, it, it's, com- it's coming home. And like, you got to believe sometimes, you know? Like, it gets to a point where like, like you got to throw being realistic but it's not even being realistic because it's realistic that England should beat Denmark yeah. but you, you, gotta, you gotta throw like you know the hard overhead stuff out the door sometimes just be like you know what I'm, I'm fully 100% bought in just enjoy it just, yeah just enjoy just, just it, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah we predict uh, an England versus Italy final and we will be back on Friday to break down what who the two semi-finals and what is the final matchup what will be our second to last Euro podcast what a month it has been very enjoyable month it's so much fun Uh, yeah so and best believe that uh, even after our uh, podcast on Monday or Tuesday or whenever it is recapping the final of Euros uh, we won't be done for um, uh, what's what's the word Uh, content (laughs) we won't be done for content after that because best believe there's been a whole lot of uh, stuff going underneath the radar to an extent aside from the Sancho deal with regards to the transfer window and we're going to talk about it <laughs> it's going to be yeah, we're going to talk about it it's going to be very interesting for the but yes season. Uh, that's all for now uh, we're off to get to bed get a, get a nice sleep ready for the Italy-Spain game tomorrow I can't bloody wait 
And then, of course, uh, the game on Thursday morning, uh, England versus Denmark. The main event. The main event. Yeah, tomorrow's only the undercut, let's be real. All right. Uh, yeah, finally, uh, don't forget all the socials, only one social, actually. <laughs> Instagram uh, and uh, on Spotify, if you like us, chuck us a follow. Uh, tell, tell your friends. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, is it coming home? Yeah, it's coming home. It's coming home. Go England. Go England.